If you ask me, same-age boy or girl cousins were one of God's best ideas. My three older brothers and three older sisters and I grew up on the farm, and the highlight of our summer every year was when our eight boy and girl cousins from Iowa invaded our farm for a week. It was bedlam and sheer joy. Whispers and giggles under late-night covers, hay bale forts in the haymow, and the sounds of BB guns everywhere. It's been five decades since they invaded our farm, and we still hold a very special place in each other's hearts. In some ways, same-age boy cousins and girl cousins are almost better than brothers and sisters. They don't cop an attitude or steal your favorite sweater. They don't tease you mercilessly or give you noogies. Or if they do, you know soon they'll be going home. They're pretty special. Jesus had a same-age boy cousin. His name was John. He's a big character in the story of the life of Jesus, and the gospel writer Luke tells us that story. John, Jesus' boy cousin, came from a religious home. His daddy, Zachariah, was a priest, and both his dad and mom came from the tribe of Levi. They were both righteous people, and they were passionate about making God smile by obeying his laws. They're the real deal, and that's exceptional at the time John was born. Zechariah was in one of the 24 groups of priests, which took turn ministering at the temple in Jerusalem. This was the temple built at the time of the return of the exiles, and then greatly enlarged under Herod the Great. Luke tells us it was Zechariah's turn to come to the temple and serve with his group of priests. There was a special role for one of the priests, burning incense in the temple. They cast lots to see who it would be. The lot fell to Zechariah. And this was a big deal. Priests could only do this function, burn incense, inside the temple once in their entire lifetime. God had commanded this incense burning, and it was symbolic of the prayers rising to God from his people. Zechariah's in performing this function when something astounding happens. One of heaven's bellboys visits him. And not just any bellboy, Gabriel, only one of three named angels in the entire Bible. Gabriel appears several times in scripture, and each time he's bringing a special message to people about God's plan. And does he ever have a special message? Here's what he says. I want to tell you God's plan. You're going to have your own son. God wants you to name him John, which means God is gracious. And boy, is God going to be gracious through him. He's going to bring great joy to a whole lot of people. And speaking of great, he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. We need you and your wife to raise him without alcohol. Almost assuredly, that meant he was to be a Nazarite, one specially devoted to God. If you don't know what the Nazarite vow was, please go back and listen to episode 50 on Samson. Gabriel continues with his message. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even in his mother's womb. He'll turn many in Israel back to the Lord his God. Gabriel then says this, which probably made Zachariah's knees buckle because it's almost the identical wording that God had given through the prophet Malachi about the one who would come right before the king, the eternal king, would arrive. Here's what Gabriel says to Zach. He will turn back many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God, and it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Zacharias is stunned and says, How shall I know this for certain? I'm an old man and my wife is no spring chicken either. That sounds like what Abraham said, doesn't it? Gabriel scolds him a little. Dude, 
Do you know who sent me? God sent me with this message, and because you've doubted that, you're going to not be able to speak until this baby is born. When Zacharias comes out of the temple, people know something serious has happened in there, and he can't speak a word. When the duties of his priestly company are done, he returns home. It says his home was in the hill country of Judah, probably not far from Jerusalem. That's important because we'll learn from the Gospel writer Luke in chapter 2 that Jesus, his boy cousin, comes down once a year for Passover and spends a week there in Jerusalem. Almost for sure he spent that week with John, his boy cousin. When Zacharias gets home, Dr. Luke tells us Elizabeth became pregnant and she laid low for five months. But then we're told one day a relative of Elizabeth arrived from Nazareth. Her name? Mary. We'll get to her in our next word picture. When she walks into Elizabeth's house, something amazing happens. Suddenly, Jesus' boy cousin John, in Elizabeth's tummy, begins to bounce off her uterine walls with excitement. Elizabeth, full of the Holy Spirit, says to Mary, Amazing! You blessed woman! You're the mother of my Lord! Then Mary goes off. We'll get to what she said in our next episode. You see, Mary, she too is pregnant with John's boy cousin. Luke tells us Mary stayed three months with Elizabeth. Then she returns home to Nazareth. Shortly after that, Elizabeth delivers her little boy. Remember, they're righteous people, and they strive to keep God's laws passionately. One of God's laws was to circumcise the little boy and present him to God on the eighth day. So they take their little lad to the temple. Of course, they bring excited relatives with them for this rite of passage. There at the temple, all the relatives start to call the little boy Zacharias after his daddy. But immediately, Zacharias motions for a tablet. He scribbles something furiously. No, his name shall be John. God is gracious. Immediately, Zacharias' mouth was opened. And filled with the Spirit, he starts to say some amazing things. Like this. God has come. He's come to his people to redeem us. He's raised up a powerful Savior from David's house. There's the promise to David. He's remembering his holy covenant to Abraham. Remember that one? And he will enable us to serve without fear, holy and righteous before him. Then Zacharias, full of God's Spirit, turns to the little boy, his child, and says, You child, you will be the prophet of the Most High. You will explain how to be saved and how our sins will be forgiven by a merciful God. You'll be a light in the darkness and you'll bring life to those in the shadow of death. Did you catch all those phrases from John's gospel trailer? Luke ends the story of John, Jesus' boy cousin, for now with this statement, The child grew strong in spirit. For the next 30 years, those two boy cousins almost certainly got together for a week every year, like my siblings and I did with our boy cousins and girl cousins. We'll read about one of those trips in the Gospel of Luke. We're nowhere near done with the story of Jesus and his boy cousin John. But as we leave Luke chapter 1, John has arrived. His career path is set. He is to be the forerunner of the promised Savior and King. And that Savior and King, according to heaven's bellboy Gabriel, and Elizabeth, and Zacharias, and Mary, is John's same-age boy cousin, Jesus. 
We'll look at Mary, the young pregnant visitor to Elizabeth, and their own visit from Gabriel in our next word picture.